We all know this athletic um, a person who is leading the 100 meter dash. And in any running event, you would hear the word on your mark, get set, what? Go. Go. But many Christians' favorite hymn is, I shall not be moved. That's why we have mixed messages. We don't know what to do. We are likened to the early apostles in the book of Acts. When the Lord Jesus, the risen Lord, told them in Acts 1, 4 to 5, and he said, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We all know that this happened in the upper room where they had the Last Supper. And the Bible tells us that there were 120 believers in that upper room. 120 people after 40 days, you know, Jesus ascended to heaven already, and He said in this verse that He will come again. Also, and he will send the Holy Spirit. But you may would like to ask a question, what did they do for 10 days? Imagine 40 days after the resurrection of Christ, he ascended to God the Father, and then sat in the right hand of God, interceding for us, and someday he will come again. And they waited for the Holy Spirit to come for 10 days. What did they do for 10 days? I believe that they do at least four things that they do. Number one is prayer. Everybody say prayer. They prayed. If you will look in Acts 2, 41 to 47, they were praying for one another. And the second thing that they probably do is they shared their testimony. Everybody say testimony. testimony. They were sharing of what they have experienced on the Lord Jesus. Some of them were probably saying, I knew it, I knew it. The kingdom of God is not among us. But now I met the Lord Jesus. He changed my life. And so 120 people for 10 days in the upper room, they were sharing, they were, uh, they were praying, and they were testifying of the goodness of God. And then the third thing that they probably did was to rehearse the gospel. Everybody say gospel. Because they just had experienced Jesus died on the cross. Three days after, he rose from the grave. That's why there are some Christians, they don't want to bury their dead in Jerusalem. You know why? Three days after, they might probably rose from the dead. <laughs> and they don't want to be buried there. And so, right before them, they've experienced the gospel. Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, he rose from the grave, and he ascended to God the Father. So they were sharing about the gospel, and they were probably talking about discipleship, the global discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. That is what they talk about. Because you know what? Jesus said in Matthew 28, go into all the world and make what? Class? Disciples. So they, they talk about how in the world are we be able to do this global discipleship? Ten days after, during the day of the Pentecost, the Shekinah glory of God broke into the ceiling. Excuse me. 
This is what happened to the high tech here. After 10 days, the Shekinah glory of God broke into that ceiling, the tongues of fire that had consumed yet did not consume like the burning bush of Moses. The Holy Spirit came and baptized these 120 people. And the Bible tells us that they were no longer 120 separate people. They entered into a life of one another. And the Bible says, they were in one accord. Everybody say one accord. One accord. That's the first car in the New Testament. <laughs> Honda Accord. Come on, you can laugh. Relax, so I can be relaxed too. And then Peter preached in the day of the Pentecost. You know, during the time when he was preaching, in front of them were the enemies, those who killed Jesus on the cross. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, gave the invitation. Almost 3,000 people prayed to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, and they were baptized by immersion, and they entered into the group of believers called the church. Jesus started with the twelve. By the time when he resurrected from the dead, 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that there were more than 500 believers. Fast forward, after the book of Acts, there were probably 150,000 believers in Jerusalem during that time. Then fast forward 2013, you know how many believers now? Someone said that there are 2.3 billion believers all over the world. And you know how many are the population of the world? If you go to Wikipedia, you will find it. There are almost 7 billion people on the planet Earth. And if there are 2 billion believers on the planet Earth, how many are still lost? You do the math. This is not rocket science. 7 minus 2 is what? 5. They are still lost. And they need to hear the gospel. They need to be able to listen to the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they may have an opportunity to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. I just learned that Filipino Americans are 4 million in North America and Canada. 4 million. We are second now to Chinese. Who among you here are Chinese? Raise your right hand. Chinese. No Chinese here? No no. No pancit? No noodles? Okay. What about Filipinos? Okay, we have some Filipinos here. You know, we are second largest Asian in the North America and Canada. Can you imagine four million Filipino Americans? If tomorrow all of us will go home to the Philippines on the second day, hospital, board and care facilities, skilled nursing facility, assisted living facility, board and care will be closed. Why? Nobody will take care of the elderly. You see that? But we will not be able to do that because we don't have airfare. <laughs> that's, that means that's another prayer request for mission. <laughs> 33 years ago, I would say this, 4 million Filipino Americans, each person 
has a story to tell and each person is included in John 3.16. 33 years ago, I came to know Jesus as my Lord. I was taking civil engineering during that time. My friend Jimmy, who was a drug addict, turned born again, approached me and said, Hey, Rico, I'm born again. I said, Really? You're, you're an addict. <laughs> and then he said, Jesus changed my life. Why did you go to me to Baptist Student Union in Morita, in front of Far East Tern University, the first McDonald's in the Philippines? So we went there, March 19, 1980. I heard the gospel for the first time. That God loves me has a wonderful plan for my life. I'm a sinner. I've been separated from God. That, you know, the wage of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that Jesus is standing at the door of my heart. Even if I receive him in my heart as my Lord and Savior, he will come into my heart. Right there. March 19, 430, 1980, I prayed to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And listen to this. This is dramatic. One day after, March 20, Going back to the school, I stood there in front of the university. I did not hear any thunder or lightning. But deep inside of me is the peace of God. Never that I have experienced for 20 years. No more drugs, no more alcohol, no more gambling, no more cursing from then on. And I bought my own Bible from the Philippine Christian bookstore. And I read it. And you can believe it. I read it every morning, every afternoon, every evening for me to grow. Went back to the student center. April 20, after one month of walking with the Lord, I followed the Lord in believers' baptism by immersion. And then three years after, I met a beautiful lady in the bookstore. Her name is Letty Almiranes. Leticia Ramos. And then we dated. I borrowed my friends, my pastor friend, a motorcycle. We went to Rojas Boulevard. <laughs> and then probably she was thinking, you've got to be kidding me. You don't know how to drive the motorcycle. And this is in Manila. Okay, you could just imagine. But I have the guts to do it because I was in love. <laughs> right there and said to her, I believe the, the Lord has given you to me and I would like to express that I really love you with all my heart. Some of you kids are, <laughs> And then we got married. She was pregnant six months of Jericho when we went to the seminary. One time I said to her, you know, the Lord is calling us to, do, to go to Philippine Baptist Theological Seminary and she was Six months pregnant with Jericho. And she said, really? Where are we going? <laughs> We're going there? How are we going to live there? I don't know. You just go. Just, let, let's just go. <laughs> when we reached the seminary in Baguio, there is a church in Texas who pledged that they're going to support us for three years. One year after 1987, we started Tats Christian Fellowship in Baguio City. In November... 14, I'll be going to the Philippines again this month. And I'll be seeing Pastor Edison Gumihid, one of our youth during the time. That this church is the, the age of this church is the same as Jericho. So 26, 27 years old. And the Lord has given us four children, Jericho, Ryan Joel, Danelle, and Erica. 
And we praise the Lord for that. Fast forward, the Lord has brought us here. 2002. And while praying, the Lord has given me the vision of preaching out to more Filipinos in the Philippines. And I came across with acrostic radio. R is reach the unrich. A, announce the gospel. D, draw people to Jesus. I, inspire them by the word of God. And then O, outpour of the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we bought two radio broadcast stations at least 30 minutes. And you will notice that I intentionally buy radio broadcasts in the Philippines that is in secular radio station. Why? Because if you're going to announce in the gospel in a Christian radio station like here, 95.9, 107.5, is that it? 107.9, then 95.9, and then kids now as 97.92.7. Most of these radio stations, Christians are the ones listening. But we intentionally bought two 30-minutes on a secular radio. April 2013, my wife and I went to the Philippines. And then I broadcasted in two, this radio, two broadcasts. In one is in Bicol, in the southern part of Luzon. Then after the broadcast, there was a lady who was there on the, the ground of the building. And when we were getting out, Pastor Choi, Pastor Jun Prenya, after that, and she said, hey, Pastor Rico, I'm listening to you. Oh, really? And then she might be thinking about myself. Oh, you're real. <laughs> and, you know, we went also to the, to the jail and brought in Terry Buford. 26 inmates. We were in the aisle of the jail where all the inmates were inside with the bar on there, in front of them. And then when I was sharing the gospel, I told them, if many of you would like to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, you may just stick out your hand on the rail out like that. Twenty-six of them raised. And they prayed to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Not only that, I was looking on the side, and I saw a man holding a Bible, tears coming down from his eyes. After the service, I said to Pastor Choi, I would like you to, to talk to that man who is crying. Our passage is Romans 10, 14 to 15. How then will they call on him on whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him? Whom they have not heard. And how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. These two verses are four rhetorical questions on the importance of the greatest message in the world. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody say, gospel of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4 tells us 
For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried and on, He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. How then, the Bible says, lost sinner bound to hell will call on Jesus in whom they have not believed. I believe with all my heart that it's the Holy Spirit who will work in the hearts of believers and at the same time convict unbelievers so that they may come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. Every time you meet a person who is lost, the Holy Spirit already sent that person to you. I do believe in this. I do this on a daily basis. Pastor Mike would always receive my text that every time I share the gospel, I would text it. And listen to this. I live in Costa Mesa between the border of Costa Mesa and Huntington Beach. Every morning, I use Jericho's bike going to the beach at 5.30 or 6 o'clock in the morning. By the way, I'm suffering for Christ. <laughs> I live in the beach five minutes away. I will get my Bible and my notebook and my devotional and put it in my backpack and then I will go there as early as 5.30 or 6 o'clock and I will pray. Isn't that cool to suffer <laughs> in the beach? And I will kneel there on the sand and just pray there at times I would see all those surfers. After praying, I said, Lord, give me five souls a week that I will share the gospel. And the Lord has given me more than I asked for. Imagine, I'm a chaplain of hospice, Jarnet Healthcare. I have 65 patients in Orange County. I have to see five patients Monday to Friday. And I'm in contact with the Filipinos caregivers. You see the opportunity? Seven years ago, I surveyed our area, the eight cities in the area. Huntington Beach, Costa Mesa, Westminster, Garden Grove, Anaheim, Santa Ana. More than 1,000 Filipino caregivers in my area. And I said to the Lord, Lord, how can I reach them? And then somebody called me and said, Hey, Rico, would you like to join the chaplaincy in hospice? I said, I don't like that. People are dying. <laughs> I don't like that. And I said, and then my dad was in hospice. I visited my dad in L.A. and I said, there is a guy who entered, and who are you? I'm a chaplain. What? What are you going to do to my dad? And so I watched him did to my dad, and I said, oh, that's cool. I can do that. I started with five patients. Right now I have 65. And the Lord has brought me to these facilities that I may be able to share Jesus to them. And listen to this. I have one patient who's an atheist in Brea. And he said to me one time, Hey, Rico, you're just wasting your time. And the top of my head, I said, No, I'm being paid for doing this. <laughs> my mileage is paid. My hour is paid. And you are telling me that I'm just wasting my time. No, no. No, Jose. One time I was visiting him. And when I was visiting him, the Lord impressed in my heart to read to him John 14, 1 to 6. 
And I did. And I said to him, would you like me to read John 14, 1 to 6 to you? Sure. So I read. And then, you know, John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through me. Right there, listen to this. That guy prayed to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Amen. One week after, when on my routine visit, I saw him flat to the floor, dead. He was reaching to the bathroom, but he could not reach the bathroom. He fell and died. I called his brother from New York, and I said to him, your brother just passed this morning. And I called the nurse. See the opportunity, brothers and sisters in Christ? Every time I meet a person that I have given an opportunity at least three to five minutes, I will tell this. The Holy Spirit brought you in front of me. And I will begin to share my testimony. I begin to share the gospel. You know the problem with many of us Christians? We talk everything except the gospel. We talk about the weather. Oh, the weather is gosh, your job. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying my... Did you eat already? Even if you ate? No, I did not eat yet. I'm fine. I'm fine. So we talk about everything except the gospel. But you know, this is the opportunity. This is our opportunity. The Lord has called us to wherever you are. You will be meeting people. How do I know that those are people are lost? Well, the statistic shows it already. Two billion believers. There are almost four or five billion who are not yet believers of Jesus. Let me share to you acrostic set. Everybody say set. S stands for speak to God in prayer. We need to pray always, every day. How can a lost sinner will call on the Lord Jesus? Whom they have not believed. And how will they believe in whom they have not heard? A person needs to believe to have the saving faith in order to believe in the Lord Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection in order to be saved. Romans 10, 17 tells us, faith comes from what? Hearing and hearing the word of Christ. Every day, we need to pray in our quiet time, in our devotion, and ask God, Lord, Give me people that I may share the gospel. You probably heard about the Tiporti, training for trainers. Missionary Ying Kai and Grace was sent by International Missions Board to China. Listen to this. For less than 10 years, they were able to baptize 1.7 million believers in China. And you know how they did it? They did it in four skills that I shared to you. Let's recite this together. Prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. Testimony. Testimony. Gospel. Gospel. Discipleship. That's what they did. That's what they did. That's not rocket science, brothers and sisters in Christ. That's so simple. You can do it. We can do it. Every day as we are given the opportunity. One time I was visiting a patient in, in Placentia. I was singing Amazing Grace. You know how beautiful my, my voice is. 
I was singing Amazing Grace. When I was singing Amazing Grace, the guy passed by a caregiver, a Filipino, and said, Hey, are you a pastor? He said, and he said, Yes. Can I talk to you after you, you minister to the patient? Sure. This guy is a pastor's son who backslidden. I talked to him and I said to him, Next week, when is your off day? Tuesday. He said, okay, you go with me. So we were riding along in five patients. I told you five patients to see uh, Monday to Friday, right? So we ate lunch in, in the mall. And sometimes I would just bring him to the, to the movie theater and then just watch the movie. And after you watch the movie, I'll pick you up. One time he said to me, hey, pastor, you know, when I was a kid, I was singing hymns. I'm playing guitar. And then I said to him, let's go to the guitar center and buy, buy a guitar. And so he bought a guitar, and then he played it, and we were, you know, riding along Orange County. It was, he was singing, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy... Both of us were singing. We were worshiping God inside my car. And this guy will donate a lechon on Sunday on our church anniversary. Imagine that. So... All of these are opportunities for us wherever we go. Letter E stands for entrust the gospel message to people. How will they hear without a preacher? And how will they preach unless they are what? Sent. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we have the greatest message in the world. Romans 1.16, Apostle Paul said, I am not ashamed of what? The gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation, to the Jews first and then to the Greeks. Now listen to this. God wants to empower each believer of Jesus. And if you are a believer of Jesus during the, the time of prayer, I would like you to come and say, God, staff or pastor, I would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if you are not a believer yet, I would like you to come here in front also. I believe the Holy Spirit has brought you here. God wants you to experience eternal life and salvation and forgiveness of sin. And right now is the time. Come when I will, you will be given the opportunity. Wherever we go, Acts 1.8 tells us, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses where? In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. While I was about to pick up Erica and Danielle in the school, I was in Starbucks. I was sitting there and I was reviewing my message for the following Sunday. And suddenly the lady just sat in front of me. And I said to myself, Oh Lord, here's another one. Don't you know, Lord, that I am reviewing the message this coming Sunday? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit seemed to impress in my heart, share the gospel to her. Share your story. So I started and say, hi. I found out when you say hi, everybody will say to you, hi. <laughs> That's not rocket science. That is cool. I love that. And then, so I began to, to start my, my testimony 33 years ago. You heard that? 
and then share the gospel. In the middle of what I'm sharing the gospel, listen to this, tears coming down from her eyes. And I said, wow, I love this. <laughs> and while I was drinking caramel macchiato, <laughs> and I said, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now? Now, okay, listen to this. Picture with me. You are in the table. You're talking with a person. And there are so many people, you know, and you hear the sound of those uh, very good uh, barista. Blang, 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 blang. You, you hear all of those. And then you are leading the person to know Jesus as Lord. She prayed to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. And I said, are you local? You know what she said? No, I'm from San Francisco. Really? And she said, I just got divorced. Ten months ago, I just lost my job. Now listen to this. When you are prepared spiritually, God will bring in people to you. Why? Because if, if God's purpose is that people will be saved, and you are the one that God will use, you know what? God will bring people to you. The only problem is we are so scared and timid. Oh, 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 oh. I, I don't know what to say. You remember what Jesus said when you go, don't worry about words to say. Because what? The Holy Spirit will give you words to say. Letter T is teach everything. Jesus told you. Verse 15, how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. Listen, I would like you to look on your shoes or your sandals right now. Now, I would like you to look right now, please, okay? I would like you to know that there are feet inside of it. I'm wearing a Dockers uh, shoes, a Docker pants, and a Docker's long sleeves. Dockers should pay me. <laughs> but you know, the Bible says that they are beautiful, not just for the sake of they are beautiful. They are beautiful when they are brought to the place where people will be saved. The feet of those who will bring good news are beautiful. But if you just stay, no, I'll just stay here. Nobody will, you know, will not move me. I'll just stay here. I'll just stay here. I don't want to go. Listen. Jesus commanded us already. The Holy Spirit empowered you. We have the Bible. You know that, that there are other countries in the world that they only have pages of the Scripture? But here, we have, you can even buy Bibles from the library, one dollar. We have a lot of Bibles here. Teach. Letty will come, my wife, and share to us her experience. 
of how two years ago she was diagnosed of breast cancer and now she's cancer free. Praise the Lord for that. And what a testimony. What a powerful testimony of God's miracle. Lady, tell us two years ago what happened to you. Two years ago, I was diagnosed with a cancer, and I don't have any history whatsoever, so it came as a shock to me. I thought I had a death sentence. I thought I will be expiring sooner or later. So to tell you um, simply, I was shaking, literally. I was shaken to the core. I thought the doctor's uh, diagnosis is wrong, but it was confirmed it is cancer. So um, I don't know what to do. I, I was shaking, really shaking, shaking. I'm so scared. Even I cannot even look to somebody's eye. I look down and I shake. I shake. I cannot control it. Even at night, I cannot sleep. I just shook, shook, shook. And then one time while I was walking, I just look up to the sky. And then right there and then, the Lord had reminded me of the verse. Which Psalm says, 121. It says in Psalms 121, verse 1 to 3, where does, where does my help comes from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So I uh, thought about it. I look at the sky. I look at, at the creation of the Lord. And it says there, simple, that my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So that's my hope. And then you had one year of chemotherapy and then um, just recently or six months or nine months ago you were uh, declared cancer free. Uh, what happened to the verses that you have been uh, reading or the scripture uh, that made an impact in your life? One of the verses that uh, really came true to me was in, I wrote it down, Philippians 4, 5, and 6. Do not be anxious of anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. So I said, why should I not worry? And then right there, just beside it, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So I started doing that. Thank you, Lord, that I have an insurance. Thank you, Lord, that my family is here supporting me. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that a lot of people have been praying for me. Thank you, Lord, for our house. Thank you for my children. Thank you. I thank God for whatever I can think of. And it doesn't only happen for an hour. I just did that for days and days, and then it's like a cleansing for me. So when I s think of something that's not good, I confess to the Lord and then thank Him for whatever I can think of. And then maybe that took me around six months doing that. And then through the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. When I had a peace, when I had a peace, I knew within my heart that God is with me. And 
my shaking stop. Amen. And also my doctors, I have been seeing the breast doctor, I've been seeing the oncology and so many doctors. And that's when the doctors said, okay, you're ready. So that's why I know it's around six months. So three doctors um, gave me surgery in Hogue Hospital for eight hours. It's like going to the office, start from eight to five. So we went there six o'clock. So I went through the surgery and it was, uh, of course, painful. I can't even stand up straight. I was just stooping down like that. And then um, um, I thought that the surgery was the worst, but no. The worst one was the chemo. So they infused to me a lot of medicine, poisonous medicine, or those medicines that would kill the cancer cells and everything. And I was hooked up there for six, five hours every three weeks and that for a year. And um, uh, the color of this mic is gray. That's how my color is. I look like a living dead. And my hair is gone and everything. And my kids would jokingly sometimes call me, Oh, Mama, you look like a seal. <laughs> so I said, okay, thank you. <laughs> so, um, you know, after that, I was declared by the doctor as cancer-free. I was so happy. I give glory to the Lord. And... Um, there was, there was a time also when I said to the Lord, Lord, these are very great doctors. These nurses are very good. They are all so very talented and very good and caring and everything. But you are my primary care physician. Amen. I said it to the Lord. And then you know if you are a breast cancer survivor, at the back of your mind or maybe here, there's always a shadow. Even though that you are declared cancer-free, you always say, oh, you're going to die in five years, three years. You Something like that. It's always, it's always in, it always reminds me. So I told my husband about it. And then he quoted me Psalms 23. I knew this also, but then it just jumped out on me. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I thought, that I'm in control of my life. I will eat good, I will exercise, I will distress myself, and I will be fine. But then, no. It's not my call. It's God's call. Amen. So when I, when that verse, I was that person, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And then, and then when I, I fear no evil, for you are with me, God. They rod and they stuff, they comfort me. So it's not my call, even though I'm very good with my um, eating habits and the exercise and everything. If the Lord wants me or to go or not yet, it's God's call. Mm -hmm. So it is the Lord's. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Even in the midst of pain. God will still minister to us, and God can use us. Two weeks ago, we visited a cancer patient, four states, breast cancer. 
and we were able to share the gospel. Here in La Palma, they prayed to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And you know, I will close with this. Don't you know that there is one birth every eight seconds? One death every 11 seconds. One international migrant net every 45 seconds. And net gain of one person every 16 seconds. Imagine that. Just one death every 11 seconds. Think about that. God loves all these people around us. And God wants to use you and me. I would like to call on Pastor Mike to, to close us. And those of you who would like to make a decision, come as the Spirit of God will lead you. Thank you, Pastor Rico.